0: Hey everyone, it's Rich Lombino, therapist and lawyer. Welcome and thanks for joining me. In this podcast, I explore topics for maintaining good mental health through expanding your knowledge, developing insight, and creating and sustaining behavior change with the goal of improving the quality of your personal and professional lives. All right, let's get started. Today's topic is how to make and maintain friends as an adult. My guest therapist and author Hope Kelleher, also known as the Friendship Therapist. Hope, thanks for being here.
1: Hi, Rich. Good morning. How are you?
0: Yeah, yeah, doing well. Uh, I did want to mention that Hope and I met back in graduate school, and we're coming up on actually 10 years this spring, and it's hard to believe it's, it's been that long.
1: I know it's crazy. It, it feels like a long time, um, but sometimes it doesn't feel as long as it has been a decade. Kind of crazy, Rich.
0: I know. I know. And uh, yeah, I could see that because we've both done uh, a pretty good diversity of things in our careers since then. So uh, if you could maybe just spend a couple minutes and tell the audience a little bit about yourself, that would be great.
1: Sure. Um, well, I am a licensed clinical social worker, um, and following um, my, you know, getting our degrees at Columbia, I studied at a place called the Ackerman Institute uh, for the Family, and so my specialty is a systemic and relational therapy, uh, which means that I think about the relationship that individuals have with themselves on an intrapsychic level but also the relationships that people have within the multiple contexts of their lives, so their home life, their work life, their community life. I consider where people are socially located on on a more macro level and the ways in which, uh, you know, our families of origin um, impacted and influenced the ways that we behave in the world. Um, And I'm currently located in New York City doing teletherapy for just about a year. This is sort of at least in my notebook, the anniversary of when COVID affected me. So that's a little bit about who I am.
0: Thanks. Thanks. That's really, that's really helpful. And, um, and thank you for all the work that you do, helping the people that you do. And yeah, I mean, we're going to definitely get into how COVID has impacted really all, all of us in, in, different, in different ways, uh, not just professionally, but personally, mental health wise. So I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Um, well, uh, I said earlier, author. So Hope published a book called here to make friends, how to make friends as an adult and it says advice to help you expand your social circle, nurture meaningful relationships and build a healthier, happier social life. Do you want to uh, take a minute first? Just just, you know, how did the book come come about?
1: Uh, Sure. Um, I think it sort of stemmed from a variety of factors, you know, in my practice, um, you know, working with families, but also individuals, I saw um, a number of folks really struggling um, in making friends as young adults as they moved to New York City, navigating and negotiating uh, um, work-life balance, But also um, in my personal life, somebody very dear to me was um, really struggling with social anxiety and making connections. And um, I was offered by Ulysses Press to kind of put out this book and it could not have been a better fit for um, those clients that I see professionally, but also um, a family member that was really um, struggling. And so I think it's it's a topic that a lot of people do talk about rich as you know I'm an upper limit millennial and having had multiple moves in my life and um, different jobs it is a struggle to make and maintain friendships um, especially for those who might be a little bit more introverted new to a certain community um, or who suffer from social anxiety so I just thought it you know my hope is that People can use this book. I think it's a pretty easy read. I offer lots of tips and opportunities for self reflection, but that um, it can be a useful tool um, for people and, and, and a guide. Um, some of it's very basic, um, but it's always good just to get that refresher. So that's sort of how that came about. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, the book was first published in January 2020, just before uh, the pandemic. Um, and so as you might imagine, and as you and I will be talking about, the way in which we uh, make and maintain friendships um, nowadays will look slightly different than it did in a pre-COVID world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say that book is uh, so accessible, like you had said, and um, it's not dense at all. Uh, You can you can jump into, into different, different chapters. And, um, and also after you've read through the whole thing, I've found it personally helpful to um, go back. And if there's particular topics that resonated with me, or I think could be helpful in that particular moment, moment where I'm at, it, it was good. It's great. And um, even before COVID, I think, you know, personally it, it, and, and a lot of people in my life as well, whether they're therapy clients or, um, or otherwise, the expressing difficulty the older you get, the more challenging it could be um, to make and maintain friends for a variety of factors that we'll get into. But I think the book, uh, even though I think what you're saying is it, it, what, it's not geared towards a, a co- post-COVID world because COVID didn't exist when you wrote it, um, but I think the book is even more important now and and it is applicable all of the content in there to to what people are experiencing now because it's that much difficult to to meet people and and not just meet them i i really i've always felt that maintaining relationships is the most important part of it because you can be introduced to people all the time but if you don't make that effort and the other person makes doesn't make that effort to to grow the relationship it's just going to stall and and kind of fade away
1: So true, Rich, so true. Um, And I think, um, you know, I see a lot of folks struggle as they um, emerge into young adulthood and maintaining friendships. They're disconnected from maybe anchor institutions such as, you know, college or a hometown. And then they're forced, um, you know, to work. And then especially as people, have life course transitions that include families, um, a lot of that attention will go to the family or an intimate relationship and not enough time, I think, for many people spent on maintaining their friendships. Um, And the cost, and this is something that I've seen um, too many times in my own practice, is that when people reach retirement, um, they've only focused on their employment or their family. um, And then it it's you know even harder to reintegrate and to make friends. So I think you know we know that um, there's so much research out there that indicates that people who are part of community have um, you know improved mental health um, outcomes, happier, healthier lives. Um, you know, and we we've devolved to some extent from uh, you know living and working in communities. And so I think it's so important that we that we all make a concerted effort to sustain and maintain friendships and community.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially now. I mean, I think everyone's can have some feelings of isolation, even if you do have people in your life, like you're saying, because, um, we really, I think need a, and it sounds like what you're saying, need a variety of relationships in our lives. And as, um, each stage that we go through, if we if we're single and then the next, if we couple up with someone, uh, it's oftentimes whatever relationships we have outside the couple, um, they're just not as active anymore because you're you're taking up time with with the person, the new person who's who's in your life, or if you're still single and your close group develop relationships with other people, you have less access to them. Uh, and that could really, um, cause, cause isolation, even though, you know, theoretically you have all these people in your life and they're good friends, just lives get busy. And, um, the the reality is they just don't have as much time. So making that, that effort to reach out and maintain. Yeah.
1: Yep. So true. Um, and, you know, not to kind of go back to my own experiences with COVID, but, um, you know, the community that I had in New York city, a lot of people had, a you know, decided to relocate. And so that becomes even um, more challenging to maintain, um, that sense of community via the internet or phone or text or DM, um, So I think it's, it's changed some things really, I I think causing this um, longing for so many to, you know, rejoin the community, um, or make a new community during this time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, how about, um, what do you think? How about you talk a little bit about some of the techniques that you describe in the book and maybe if, if there's sort of, uh, 2.0 2.0 updates on how, you know, given it's a COVID world, as opposed to a pre COVID world, how uh, I'm sure a lot of it would be totally applicable. But if there are any instances where, hey, here's a supplement to that initial tip, given the fact that we're mostly communicating online or in video or phone, what do you think?
1: Sure. I think that sounds great. Um, I think it's, you know, it's first important to really know um, what type of personality you have. Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Are you an ambivert? Um, Because you always want to set up realistic expectations for yourself. Um, I I truly believe in setting people up for success. So I think the first step um, is really figuring out what capacity you have. So for instance, Introvert, introverts, rather, you know, tend to um, recharge having alone time. So when you're trying to make friends, really knowing your limits. Um, so supplementing in-person time with friends, um, perhaps with social media, um, maintaining and, and following up with friends using social media can be really helpful. Seeking out people like yourself. Um you know, if you're an introvert and you're interested in the extrovert, is that person, um, will you have capacity for that person or, or that group of people? Um, and being very intentional on um, scheduling friend dates. Um, you know, for instance, I'm going to be spending time with a friend this afternoon, and, um, you know, she's um, a little bit more introverted, and one-on-one gatherings are a little bit easier for her. Um, if you lean um, on the more extroverted side, extroverted side, um, I think it's important um, to really make quality time count. Um, Sometimes extroverts just like to go out there and be social in large groups of people, um, but really focusing on quality, not necessarily the quantity of time. Um, Learning to sit in the discomforts of of silence and maybe other people, I think, um, is also important for an extrovert, like looking to make friends. Um, Side note, I, I imagine that Um, You know, for extroverts, when they reintegrate into a post-COVID world, it might be harder um, to sit in that discomfort because they've been longing for that connection. Um, And if you're an an ambivert, which is a blend of an introvert and extrovert, you know, um, you you probably have a greater capacity for, for meeting friends because you already know your balance Um, You know, I, you know, truth be told, Rich, uh, pre-pandemic, I would um, qualify myself as a Luddite. Um, I am not a big fan of technology. I do believe that there is a lot of value in in in-person connection. um, And I do encourage people to try that. Um, So, you know, typically some tips of making friends is to really try to be as open as possible um, you know, thinking about the types of people you are typically attracted to and going to places where you might find those people. Um, if you like golfing, you know, going to the golf course, um, taking classes might be helpful. Um, you know, asking um, friends to introduce you to other friends. If, if your social life has mainly been um, online, as it has been for many people, taking um, those relationships to uh, an in-person um, experience, um, you know, following up when people do invite you or do reach out um, to connect with you. Um, you know, I, I something that I think has been pretty um, popular during the pandemic is getting a pet. Um, you know, I have a dog and without my, <laughs> my dog during the pandemic, I don't think, um, I, I would have been um, left without a community. Um, a lot of my community left New York City, as I as I mentioned. And through my dog, I was able to meet a number of new friends at the dog park. Taking her out um, on walks, um, you know, people are always curious about dogs, and it's a really nice buffer or animals to to get to know people.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, dogs—they uh, provide often, usually uh, that unconditional love. That uh, they're so happy to to see you when you get home, and I think—I don't know—this is just my opinion, but they—they they could almost sense like if you're not doing well, if you're feeling kind of down, they might uh, snuggle up against you a little more than than normal. So, yeah, you're right. I think uh, I can imagine it. It's a—it's a real benefit to have having a dog or really any, any animal there as opposed to uh, just kind of being there static. So
1: totally. And, and, and some other opportunities, um, you know, just talking, thinking about some of my clients experiences, um, meetup.com is a great way to explore different types of communities. You know, I have a friend who sort of, um, staved out, uh, you know, the quarantine in California, um, and was able to meet new and interesting people through some hiking groups that they participated in. Um, you know, this particular person is very athletic and likes to work out, and so would go to the beach and um, would find different um, groups to work out with. Uh, I mean, given this person, um, you know, does not suffer from any limitations like social anxiety, and, and is pretty confident in doing that, so that might not be the greatest fit for some other people, Um, you know, but also examining your networks. Um, Something that I can speak to um, in in my kind of COVID survival state is um, really exploring old networks that I had. So considering that, you know, some of my closest uh, community members left the city, um, I was able to reconnect with people from my hometown, um, through social media, um, you know, uh, people from college, um, and also through, you know, just even in my building, being, being willing to kind of say hi to somebody in the elevator. Um, and, and religious networks are also a great opportunity for a number of people. Um, you know, and, and um, in my book, I do kind of talk about ways to blend your virtual community to your, your real life in vivo. Community. Um, a number of uh, friendship finding websites such as Bumble or Friender or Click or Peanut or Scout um, can really help connect people who are interested in making that first step, but perhaps would not be or um, not best suited to just like walking up and talking to somebody, sort of that, um, that sort of that, that, that it can be easier for people to connect virtually.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know what's great is there are especially with the weather getting better in a lot of areas of the country. There's outdoor activities that you can do, uh, even if you know you and the others haven't had a vaccine yet. That that can be safe, and you, you mentioned like one one example you gave was was golf, for example. You can social distance, uh, wear masks, and still be able to talk to people and have that that interaction. So. I think that's a great point that you're making that, okay, you know, because there's a varying sort of risk tolerance that people have. Some people are more comfortable eating in restaurants right now, uh, as long as everyone's wearing masks and other people don't want to don't want to do that. So but sort of thinking outside the box, well, what are some activities that we could do outside? Uh, So it's a great
1: Point. right so golf is one tennis is another hiking is another rock climbing I've been hearing some people take to volleyball volleyball is another um, activity that has social distance softball baseball um, I think people would be um, you know surprised just to think about the number gardening is another one that can be socially distanced um, I mean I, I do think that you um, I do think, you know, the thing that comes up or is coming up a lot for me now in my own practice, which is this concept of a social battery, that, um, you know, a lot of us have been quarantined for such a long time, some of us intermittently quarantined, but that the capacity for um, in vivo socialization has diminished. You know, I'll give you an example. I have, I'm working with a middle school uh, child who's going into High school next year, and um, you know, one of her concerns was, Will I be able to, um, how am I going to perform when I go back to school? I haven't been in in person school in a year and a half. Um, and so I think a lot of people are having anxiety, um, especially if socialization was um, and making friends was hard to begin with. Um, and, and so some tips around that that I can offer is go for the low-hanging fruit, um, meaning if you are inclined first, I think at this point, it is important for people to actually get outside of their homes, whether that's a walk around the block, um, if they feel safe enough to go to the grocery store, um, but practicing with those very, very small um, like socialization experiences. Um, if you are not comfortable going outside um, to a restaurant or indoor dining, then go get a cup of coffee. you know, say hello to the coffee person. Um, just practice um, practice engaging with people if you haven't done enough of that during um, the COVID period. Um, you know, one thing I'm seeing is that some people are, Uh, really kind of taking some of their virtual experiences in person. They're setting up like friend dates. They're scheduling time for themselves to meet with other people that can be helpful. Um, I know, uh, you know, I'm an upper limit millennial, but um, a lot of my peers really use text, text and DM to communicate. Um, One option is to like get on the phone and have a voice conversation with people. Um, That that will, from my perspective, increase your capacity for reintegration after COVID. Um, When we are expected, um, you know, not expected, but like if you want to go and and spend time with people, you want to build up that muscle again. Um, Some of us haven't really had many opportunities to work out those muscles. So finding the low hanging fruits where we can. Remember when we were in offices, we had the, you know, the water cooler conversations, the, the, um, checking in with, you know, the receptionist answering the phone. Um, and so for some of us, it's, it's, it will be, um, it might be harder to reintegrate after. So finding those low hanging fruits, um, practicing, uh, flexing those muscles, um, starting slow. If, um, if social anxiety is something that you experience, so meeting with one or two people, um, you know, those are just some, some thoughts. And I think that meetup.com can really um, support people in that way. Um, years ago, I worked with a client um, and her, one of her challenges was social anxiety. And she was able to find a meetup group where other people suffered from social anxiety as well. And they would just go on walks where they didn't talk. Um, so I'm very hopeful that um, people can, can sort of reemerge in a healthy and comfortable way.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's uh, a lot of uh, tips right there and really setting realistic goals for yourself. And I always say, you know, somebody is ambitious. There's nothing wrong with being ambitious. But if you're trying to start new behavior, improve existing behavior, really starting with absolutely realistic and achievable goals is the way to go. Because if you know, you're going to, even if it seems like, Oh, you know, I could work out three days a week. Why should I start working out one day a week or only 15 minutes instead of an hour? It's like, well, the goal is to kind of build things up, not just your muscles physically, but the, the momentum get, get it going and feel good about yourself that, Hey, I worked out today as opposed to, um, Skipping a day, that sort of thing. So I think that that point for me, I mean, you said a lot of good points, but that really resonated with me um, because it could seem if it seems overwhelming, uh, then just like you said, the low-hanging fruit start super small um, and go from there. So hope, do you want to uh, touch on anything anything else?
1: Well, I, and I think to your point, Rich, um, is to have um, compassion for yourself. Um, realizing um, that, you know, first setting realistic expectations for yourself, but also um, like being kind to yourself if it doesn't feel comfortable or if it doesn't work out. Um, A lot of people um, tend to internalize um, rejection or failure. Um, But, you know, friend finding is sort of like dating. Not everybody's going to be a good enough fit. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with anything you did, Um, and so I really want people to practice compassion. um, You know, when 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 they're friend finding in a pre versus post COVID world, because that's very important. Sometimes people um, can be really affected by rejection, but keep on moving. Um, You will find your people. They are out there. um, I promise.
0: That's really great hope and um, optimistic for the future. And there are opportunities out there and, you know, try it, try out a lot of the tips that you give in the book, because, um, some you may already know, but just haven't done in a while. And some you really didn't maybe think about, so it's, it's a good combination of both. So, yeah. Uh, so buy the book. I, I bought mine on, on Amazon. Is that is that where you'd suggest people go to? Or are there other places?
1: Sure. People can go to Amazon. I think that's probably the easiest place. Um, it's in paperback and um, there's an audible version. Um, and people can find me um, on Instagram. Um, and uh, as the friendship therapist, if they want to check out some more of my tips.
0: Sounds great. All right. Well, Really, really appreciate you being here. And, and, you know, it's good to just reconnect with you um, on a personal level. So I wish you all the best.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Rich, for having me.
0: Well, that's it for this podcast episode. Please subscribe, rate, and comment, and share on social media and otherwise. Visit RichLombino.com learn more about my counseling practice, see how to contact me, connect with me on social media, and read my blog and ebooks to learn about other topics. Most importantly, if you or someone you know are looking for more support, I'm here for you. Look forward to you joining me for other podcast episodes. Take care and be well.